go. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Precision Unloaded podcast. This is number 14. Um, we missed last week, uh, but we're getting back on track. Um, I'm here again with my co-host, Mark. How are you, Mark? Yeah, not bad, Graham. Good. Episode 14. Good. We made it past the unlucky one. We must be, actually, now that I think about it, nearly at a year now. No, because it was duck shooting. We did our first episode late duck shooting last year. Didn't yeah, we? and duck shooting was delayed due to something. Co- something. Yes, what was something. It? it was like a rugby game. Something happened in the country in 2019. A wedding. 20, sorry. A wedding. A wedding. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Um, so we're nearly at a year, which must be sooner, about a, about a month or so. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Anyway, what have you been up to for the last uh, week, Mark? You've been shooting a few ducks? Yes. Did opening morning. Had about 10 of us roaming the river, so um, the ducks were pretty safe, thanks, <laughs> thanks to this steel shot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then we managed to burn through three or four rounds on clays that I've been given by generous gentlemen. Yeah. So we had some, a whole lot of reload sled shot stuff, so we fired away at that at the hut for a while. So we, <clears throat> we shot during the morning for ducks. And then went and practiced afterwards, which is always good to do it that way around. <laughs> then, then this sounds like you for competitions. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, precision. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um, I borrowed a Browning shotgun off you for uh, someone who needed a shotgun, but they didn't use it. So yep. I tried it out. Couldn't hit a thing with it. So mm-hmm. but that's right. I'm sure it looks good. I like the look of it. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. But it just, I'd, say, I'd say it's too long for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm a midget, so it just doesn't yes. come up very well yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah, that um, yeah. Beretta one is really nice. I was blazing yeah. with that, and then uh, sighted in a couple of guns for someone. A um, completely rubbish Parker Hale Safari two four three. Yep. Which looked, I don't know, like it'd been dredged out of a swamp. Mm-hmm. With a new scope on it, so anyway, so I gave that a rough, and I was getting a bit tired by that time, so I just said, "Yeah, the shooting straight enough." They were heading off into the bush the next day, so hopefully they did all right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Parker Highway. Um, oh, I think I know the gun. Is it? Yeah. Anyway. Um. So then, also, great fanfare. I changed the scope on my Tika. K one, so yes, you finally put the uh, the Night Force NX eight on the K one. Correct. So it is. Uh, I'm I'm worried you might start beating me again. I was pretty sad having to take the twelve to forty two power Bentry scope off. Yeah, well, now that you're not handicapping yourself with that scope, um, it wasn't. It's was actually helping the fine, the super fine reticle was cool. Actually, anyway. Yeah, I for the life of me couldn't shoot that thing. What well, we shooting like four hundred meters? I couldn't hit a bloody giant target. Um, you know. Anyway, anyway, um, probably doesn't make any sense because we're talking about this and we're not um, showing people a video of it. But anyway, no, no. Okay, so you, <laughs> so you change the scope out. That's that'll be a yeah. deadly combo now. I was gonna work out where I put it on the other the old one. Yeah, I might put it on the um, take the sunshade off and put it on the six five PRC maybe. Yeah, that that could that could work because it. I definitely want to shoot that longer at stuff. So, yeah, it's, I, was, I was wandering around thinking about that gun at work today because I was working really hard. And, yeah. Um, I was actually thinking we should actually do some shooting with it and maybe take a few photos and film a few videos. Yeah, well, I've got enough ammo for it. So, so if anyone wants to see some six five PRC, send a message on the podcast, give us some feedback, and we can we could do anything with it. Really, can we could hunt, we could long range, we could yeah. um, whatever. And we have dies and brass and projectiles, so we can have start reloading. For six five shootout. See if the massive velocity difference makes all the difference. Well, to be honest, that factory ammo is not very fast, is it? No. Um, it's actually quite anemic, so it's probably not much better than a Creedmoor with the uh, the ammo. It's a twenty four inch barrel, just I think. Yeah, on those Moore's the M eighteen. So. Hmm. Yep. Anyway, yeah, we should have mentioned that it's a Mauser M eighteen. Yes. Yes. Um, Thank you to <laughs> the importer. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So. Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so what were you up to, nice. Graham? After my action-packed week. Uh, I've managed to get out and shoot a fellow deer a few weeks ago. That was pretty uneventful, though. Um, 
And other than that, I was sort of I was planning on some nice long range shots, and I ended up just shooting one at 120 meters, um, and then didn't see bugger all else. So um, that was fun anyway. Uh, it's got a bit of meat. Shared a bit of that around with some of the boys, and then uh, while you guys were enjoying duck shooting, I had to go over um, a meeting with police about future range uh, rules that are coming in. Um, I believe you, Graham. Wasn't it about distance from schools or something? But... <laughs> I was not arrested. Oh. I wasn't a pl- I wasn't a police station, but I wasn't yeah, arrested. Yeah, yeah. I was in there for um, official business. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I got to spend my thirtieth birthday in a, oh, in happy a birthday. conference room in a police station. But anyway, um, it's all for the greater good, I guess. Um, but yeah, other than that, not a lot. Um, daylight savings has um, sort of buggered my after work shooting, so. I'm, um, drastically reduced how much shooting I'm doing actually, which is a, a shame, especially because a lot of lot of stuff we need to get done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've more on that later. But um, anyway, so that's what we've been up to. I've got a, I've got a hunting. super grunty spotlight that we could set up for night shooting. At times. Well, I was actually think I was actually all seriousness thinking about doing that for some twenty two. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah. We'll see. Um, that's one of my weekend missions is to get my 22 all sorted as well but anyway so today's episode tonight's episode number 14 um, what we thought we'd talk about is as we go into winter and we have several um, uh, hunting trips and matches coming up over the next um, next few months gets wet right it's cold um, and that can sort of change how you have to do things when it comes to um, shooting be it now this is more so going to be around the competition side of things. We're not experienced hardcore mountain hunters, right? We're um, <laughs> we're like <laughs> we're farm hunters for the most for the most part. So, um, although I do think you have a uh, ballot in the Rohini's in June. Country gentleman. <laughs> Country gentleman shooting through but, a hedge. Um, <laughs> um, so, <clears throat> some of the things we thought we'd talk about is. Um, Obviously, we'll talk about wet weather gear and stuff a little bit, not too much, because we're, we're not really an area of expertise, but trying to keep your rifle dry, keep your ammo dry, um, keep your optics. Um, don't really matter if you get wet, but the lenses, they're hard to see through, right? Uh, we thought we'd just uh, sort of talk over a few things we do, or ideas we have that we might do in the uh, shooting in the rain sort of space. As we said, we've got, a, um, we've got our match in first week of... July, so that's more than likely going to be raining, and then we've got a match end of May, which will be very cold and possibly raining. So, and South Island, that's probably going to be raining. So it's we've got a anyway, it'll um hopefully an interesting topic to go over. Yeah, as the days and are shortening, it'll... we're coming into winter. So yeah, and also maybe a little bit about ballistics and the colder temperatures. Mark's been doing a bit of reading up and. A few few ideas there. Surprising findings. <laughs> yeah. Well, right, they were, so, they were mean, for someone as stupid as me, but anyway. <laughs> you weren't surprised at all. Well, I've just seen it. Um, but anyway, so first thing we might as well talk about is, is um, get it out of the way, because it's probably the least interesting, in my opinion, is wet weather gear um, for, for competitions. Or gear, cold weather gear. So, yeah. Cold weather or wet weather, yeah. Um, so for the cold, I'm a bit inexperienced because we are in the west coast Taranaki it's not that cold here even in winter it's like not that bad right for our 18 listeners um, you probably think it's coconut trees and like Rarotonga but <laughs> what Graham's saying is it's not that cold <clears throat> yeah, for the North yeah. Island for the North yeah or like yeah yeah there's worse places trust me but yeah. um so this match we're heading to end of May um it's central 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 high country north island and it is expected to be snow at least on the ground um where we will be shooting so um that's going to be a bit different for me anyway so i'm going to have to figure out what i'm going to do there um but as for wet weather what i would generally run is a set of lightweight wet weather gears over my base layers so i'll um i have merino base layer then then whatever hunters element stuff and then i'll have um just like a lightweight uh, windbreaker slash um, wet weather coat and, and leggings, depending on the severity of the rain, just to keep um, the majority of me dry. Um, but to be honest, I probably could get some better gear there too. Um, 
but it's just it's, it can be a long day in the rain if you're um you know sort of six seven eight hours and you're constantly wet so if you can keep yourself a bit dry in those competitions and and maybe um not get not get a wet ass you're definitely going to have a nicer day um what do you run mate um mainly because i know it's and i've done this with hunting stuff where you're doing a lot of spotting and stopping so <clears throat> stop start things you need layering so you can basically mm -hmm you know increase and decrease your amount of insulation so because if you're yeah. in a comp where you're going and stopping for maybe 20 minutes or 30 minutes at a state yeah you've just got that temperature change you've probably just walked and heated up so you gotta <coughs> just have a f be able to change layers so not just you know so you've got a, your base layer another mid layer and outer layer whatever or even just an additional jacket hanging around if you need it sort of thing yeah. so um it makes it sort of pretty important to have that sort of gear and just have a bit of a backup as well so have one of those little a couple of little jackets to fold up to nothing in case you know you get real wet or whatever or your coat finally gives up the ghost so um and just some of those i generally don't wear leggings just uh some of those dry back pants type of things that you can get yeah so wherever you're sitting oh yeah it's something with a with a butt patch on the mace so you yeah, can yeah. sit down and not get a wet ass yeah, yeah. Or just something, you know, it's just anything. And just take the basic, um, I've got one of those don't die of the woods things. Just any, you know, safety stuff. But in terms of a <coughs> survival blankets, whatever, all those sort of things. Because if you end up getting stuck out there, it's not flash sort of thing. Yep. That, that's more hunting. But then, yeah, so for a competition, there's other people around. So it's just making sure you've got practical stuff that fits in and doesn't get snagged in your rifle that sort of thing so yeah also i guess it's something you can move around in as well yeah you don't want yeah. a big stiff heavy um that, that's why i like the sort of the, the lighter weight top layer yeah um, yeah and it's not weighing you down too much no and it's just a stop start thing that's what you've got to take into consideration is the, you're getting working up a bit of a sweat and then stopping sitting down looking around whatever so it's just crucial to make sure that you've got appropriate layering so yeah i guess we, as we head into this match um in the central high country where it's going to be cold um and probably cold winds i guess we'll have to sort of look into gloves and uh, maybe even um, balaclavas and stuff at least half face ones for uh, some of those cold winds um but again i haven't shot in those conditions before so i'm sort of a bit uh, green on what to do there yeah yeah. Um, in terms of gloves and that, that's probably another thing. Just taking base, some heavier gloves and lighter ones would, would probably be an idea. So um, often one set can get quite wet and stuff or whatever. So it's just, but you don't want too much gear. So it's like anything, whatever works. <clears throat> yeah, well, we're going to be carrying around heavier rifles at this event too. So um. yeah. Yeah, where our assistance will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So again, we we not definitely don't have much um, expertise in uh, layering systems or wet weather gear or anything. But it's so, definitely something to consider. We, we've had a we had a comp a year and a half or so ago, and middle of summer, and in the the sort of competitors' brief, it stated to bring wet weather gear. People did not, and they didn't bring a jersey, and it rained and even though it was mid-february they got cold and to the point where we were having to assist them with gear um yeah and i mean generally in winter you're always going to have this this this, this spare gear but um just be prepared like it's a long day in the, in the rain so no and that's the other thing is it's not necessarily going to be <clears throat> like we've got a winter shoot at my place so it's not overly cold it's about 250 meters up altitude so but it yeah, could be quite could be quite wet yeah. though, and you're gonna yeah. position to be lying down, whatever. So you're gonna probably get wet, and if you don't have the, you know, either stuff that's warm enough when it gets wet or is waterproof, you know, you're mm -hmm. gonna be pretty cold by the second or third stage sort of thing, and you still got four hours to go. So yeah, which is what you know, yeah, as you say, that one where it rained in February, people weren't even ready for that. No, and that all they really need for that is a lightweight pullover in their bag. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I think 
Um, one of the one of the main things I have an interest in with with this topic is the um, is keeping your um, your your rifle dry, right? And what I mean by that, it doesn't matter if the chassis gets wet or the outside of the barrel or anything. It's keeping it's keeping the chamber and the ammo dry. So what you will generally um, encounter if you have um, a wet chamber or, or, or sopping wet ammo is you'll get um, pressure spikes and you'll, you'll get quite heavy bolt lift. Now you're, um, if you've got water in your chamber, you're closing a round on it. When that round um, is ignited and the case expands, there's water in the, uh, the, the, the tiny void around the cartridge that the brass would normally fill up. So there's not enough space essentially to what um, uh, the charges, uh, how do I put it, the charges tuned to. So sounds like you're you... selling a solution to a problem that doesn't exist, Graham. <laughs> no, it's all it very technical. God. Well, yeah. So, so you anyway, you're overpressuring the chamber uh. and you get heavy bolt lift and etc. etc. And so, um, it is it is dangerous, right? And because most guys run their loads hotter than they should, um, you you haven't got a lot of leeway. Um, so if you if you ran potentially less um, spicy loads you might get away with this a little bit more so <laughs> if you keep your chamber and your ammo dry it's going to assist greatly in uh in preventing this from happening oh, now so because the chamber flags yes this is the issue yeah your chamber's already open to a degree yeah so you get more moisture in there so what we've done in the past right is with adverse conditions don't go allowed some oh. um, that was my answer stay home <laughs> uh, so we've allowed some variation on the um the, the chamber flag rule so um running like a sort of triple buddy check you know you've, you've checked a confirmed mag out chamber empty several times and then we're allowing the bolt to be closed but only in um and and the, ha the hammer to be um lowered as well uh, only an adverse rain so if it's just a light drizzle i'm not worried but if it's if, if it's bad it's bad um now one other thing that you can get to um try and keep moisture away from those critical areas is a rifle cover um but this and there's more and more available in new zealand you can people import them or like yes. section 22 sell them tell me about these graham because i look at them and think there's something i don't need <clears throat> but you'll end up you'll end up buying one. But I end up with one. Damn it! Because I always go, I'm never going to need that, and then next thing I've got one. So <clears throat> like the two two four Valkyrie. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the six um, six point. Oh no, I can't say it. Talk about that. I'm banned. No, we we haven't got one yet. I know. Six point eight. Western, no. Western. Western. No. No. You said it. <clears throat> I said it. Um. So, so rifle covers. Issue, what are they? The issue I see with what, are, the, what uh, do they look like? Covers. What do they look like? What do they do? Uh, they're just like a cover. Sort of, they've got sort of a bit of a bungee <laughs> they've got a bungee at either end so one end pulls over the stock one end pulls over the muzzle and they're usually um, a bit bigger in the middle to account for scope and uh, and that the only issue with rifle covers because they're also used in dusty conditions yeah is they cover the chamber so if, if, if it is compulsory chamber flags you cannot see um, the chamber now there are some people run a chamber flag that's inserted into the magazine well and it's actually a blocker um and that has a flag that hangs out the bottom that's one way of getting around it oh, so yeah. you'll actually have a like a little dangle at the bottom of your mag it's getting technical um yes yeah now but now if it is raining to the point where we exempt chamber flags with a certain um system in place to check that the chambers are in fact clear um then the cover would be okay but it's still just um or potentially you could um just um, hike the cover up a little bit, and you could see you could see the bottom of the chamber flag or, or have, something. I don't know. Have you ever thought of anyone doing, like jerry rigging a small gazebo over yourself and the gun, and walking around in that? So like a like an umbrella. I suppose that would be what you call them. I suppose. That's very yes. <laughs> damn it. This, this is your million dollar idea, guy. It's, it's already been done. A monopod umbrella. Oh no, it is an umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. well. But you can't you can't give up farming yet. Can't patent that one. <laughs> no, um, yeah. But the only thing with the with the rifle covers is um, if they cover the chamber flag, yes. So yeah. Um, but it's still a good option and, and a very good option for people who are um, heading into the bush and they strap or into the mountains and they strap their rifle to their pack. One of these covers um, 
you put it on before you strap it up and it's a really good way of just a layer of protection on your gun and also keeping the dust and uh, yeah well because generally once i get out so if i'm going hunting out out there i generally leave the gun out like outside the hut hanging and thinking you know, rather than bring it in and out because it stops mm. condensation build up if yeah. you're changing temperatures yeah so actually having a cover so you can leave it out would be great so yeah sold yeah. sold uh, well funny enough uh, section 22 sells them so there well, you go, there you uh, go. Also, also, Bushbuck, you'll see Bushbuck all over Facebook yeah. uh, in the ads. They sell a version of it too. and um, It would encourage me to go out in the rain because normally I just go, meh, I'll stay home. You run a farm. How do you get away with no farming in the rain? No, no, I farm in the rain. I just don't carry a gun. Because <laughs> if it gets wet, then I'm going to clean it. Just, uh... Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm. I'm. If my if if I get a gun more than a little bit wet, I'll pull it to bits as well. So. But in all seriousness, um, I, <clears throat> I do with night shooting in winter, which is when I do most of it. You get real big condensation build up anyway. So. Yeah. And, so you know, always religiously bring it home, put it in front of the fire, to dry it out and everything. So, before yep. I give it a clean, just to get it, yep. um, crucial. I learned that the hard way. So, and I know mm-hmm. a few other people have brought guns home, guns home from night shoots throwing them in the cupboard yeah and come back to a something that looked like it was dredged up from the titanic yeah in terms of rust so but, yeah so one thing i i think to is if um to consider with drying your rifles um is not to put them away warm for that same reason so you'll you'll come home warm them up by the fire and then put them in the safe people do the same thing and, and end up with the same problem um even even putting a warm rifle in a uh, hard case and then traveling several hours with it you you're naturally going to have moisture and pretty much everything right it's called everything has what's called a dew point um which means moisture contained within or whatever um so how, you how deep it, your pockets are yeah no, no <laughs> d not j oh d. sorry yeah <laughs> god <clears throat> <laughs> all right this is getting banned in israel um, edit that no. out, edit that out <laughs> later, no it'll stay okay. um, so if you put your warm um, rifle in a um, hard case close it up drive all the way home from the shoot and then um, you could potentially even in that small period of time on a blued rifle depending on the quality of the bluing have some uh, corrosion starting to form so um, it's always good just to let those barrels cool down yeah. before you, you do anything as Mark said just um, yeah just let it, it needs to be the same temperature when you put it away essentially so and technical, we're te- about technical questions. Yeah. <clears throat> Under the new rules, would I have to put a fire inside my safe to be able to dry it by the fire? Well, you could just it's, you could stay with it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Curl up on your yeah, little blanket. Like a cat. Yes. Like a cat or like a possum. Yeah. Anyway, like Felipe. Um, no, sorry, one, I, I one keep breaking I'll, your train of thought. <clears throat> no, you're fine. We're used to it. One thing I have seen a bunch over the years is. Um, and my dad taught me about this, is people buy the moisture, um, They like it'll be like a small container and they've got a... Um, uh, Damperid. Yeah, yeah, and they've got like a hydroscopic um, powder or something in them which attracts moisture. So what they do is they think, I'll put this in my safe because it'll suck out the moisture. But what you end up doing is sucking moisture into your safe. <laughs> and after a certain amount of time, they just become a bottle of water. So you've then got this pile of water in your safe. I have um, so, seen this. It's so funny. People get yeah. them. And I go and look in there, and there's like this damperid from like five years ago with cobwebs full of water. <laughs> yeah. And so. That's even, still working. And even even in its early stages, <clears throat> while it's still sucking, yeah. it's still a big lump of damp shit, right? So, um, now the. So my dad, my, my old man there, uh, clicks and builds vintage motorcycles, etc. So he taught when I was young. Because I asked the same question, why don't you put these under the bikes? And he said, no, you put them in the opposite ends of the shed in the corners and etc. And you suck the moisture away from the motorcycles. And um, but anyway, that's that's just something I've seen again and again. And I know plenty of people that still do it. And there'll be plenty of people that go, "You're an idiot, Graham. I do it and it works fine." Sweet as. But um, yeah, that's the idea. Take the moisture away, uh, or just buy coated guns and um, <laughs> avoid some of the issues. But I guess um, it depends if your rental house has had all the upgrades to the insulation done, I suppose. That is true. That is true. But you shouldn't be bolting gun safes in your rental house. 
that's true you have to get permission and then they won't let you and, no, um, yeah. and you're a gang yeah. member so how could you even get a license oh. <laughs> moving on moving right. on um so something else with, with shooting in the rain and i am guilty for not doing this and every rainy competition i think why the flip haven't i ordered some of those is scope caps um i've shot uh, a competition at tarata oh even probably four or five years ago now and it was torrential rain for a, a couple of stages so you get on the line and there's you've just you, your lenses are just dripping fog. not so much fog just pure water because oh, um, you maybe didn't have the rifle sitting ideally so it's filling up the, the end of the scope and um if, if scope caps man they're um yeah especially and i'm talking good ones too like tenebricks or something um yes both my guns have now got scopes with scope caps that came with yep. them so tenebricks ones yep that's and tenebricks are awesome so what i really need to do i need to talk to target dynamics and get some tenebricks caps for my delta and um but i'll I'll probably forget anyway but yeah I, that's a really good thing i see again and again and i uh, i just bugger around and don't do it myself but get yourself some scope caps now well just I wait till the, wait till the end of a shoot ground because we always end up with about three that that is true get mopped out. so it's, <laughs> it's great maybe i should start keeping a few um no and um now i don't like shooting with scope caps when it's not uh rainy weather i don't like them i think they get in the way i was going to ask you about that because i do find them annoying so you're in it uh your atac r your night force atac r yeah the scope caps on that do my head in yeah because it wrote because it's screwed in so it rotates around and it's flipping annoying um on an otherwise perfect well you optic. get what you pay for don't you <laughs> yeah oh no hold yeah. on that's the wrong way buy, around <laughs> buy once cry once <laughs> it is illegal to bad mouth night force yeah true we're probably we're gonna get sued for this no but that's just the caps i believe I don't know if they've come with it or they're an aftermarket option. But the um, NX8 ones are fine. So yes, but again, again, this quite a newer night force. The NX8. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'd run scope caps at, at weird events. You can get a lot that either they, they screw into the um, uh, the um, the optic or, or sleeve over the uh, objective. So um, there is a few options here, and and a lot of just generic sizes. So yeah. You'll measure it. It's thirty-two millimeters or fifty-six millimeters. And that's what you buy. I got a good neoprene one or two <laughs> that work on most of my scopes. So okay, came with bikinis, the si- yeah. came, came with the, no, just neoprene over the whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're good because yep. the one I've got one that's crap and one that actually just really does fit most, you know, five to twenty-five type scopes quite well. So and I find that's good because it's sitting there on the ground. You just whip it off when you're shooting, put it back on again. So. <clears throat> Yeah, just don't get a camo one because then you whip it off and drop it and you can never find yeah. it again. So I've I've got a half a dozen of those and I've also got a heap of the um the the ones it's like two caps with two bits of elastic band between them. Oh like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've got I've probably got about thirty of those in a box <laughs> and they're all brand new because I I'm not a fan of them. But um, but yeah, again they will work. Better than they nothing. Will serve, they will serve the same. But you always yeah, le- no, you exactly. always leave them lying somewhere and can't find them. It's ten times I've done that yeah yeah but yeah so so that, i guess that's another good option and generally um a lot of um mid-tier optics or, or lower end optics will come with those for free so um yeah, yeah that's a good point covers that's a really good point covers um or a sunshade yeah sunshade see I, I when i first got into long range shooting i thought the longer a scope was the cooler it looked it does so i would <laughs> yes yeah, exactly so i would run sunshades religiously um because i just thought they looked real cool to the point sometimes at one time i had two on a vortex viper because i thought man that looks cool look how long i know i was on the cutting edge of um of of something there um (laughs) but but now for the most part man that's awesome i I know i know for the most part i run nose um sunshade it's like dpt suppressor sections i'll just run three sunshades (laughs) yeah i'll run five suppressors um yeah, but but I um now I'm, I'm I don't run a lot of sunshades unless I I've not found a huge need for it. For most competitions are um uh, sort of through the middle of the day. Um, you're not getting much early morning or, or, or late afternoon glare. Now I could probably see some advantage in the rain um, for the fact that your lens is further away from the end of the uh, 
the sunshade, so it's harder for rain to blow in. Um, yeah, I, I guess it could help for sure. You run them on everything, don't you? No, I've only got one that's got a sunshade. Yeah. And I took it off for the first time the other day. And I was like, my God, there's a lot of dust in there. <laughs> is that is that the, one of the night forces? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So I couldn't see back in there that far. Yeah. <laughs> um, well maybe it'll improve that horrible scope. It's not. Oh, maybe maybe the scope's not the issue. I'm the issue. Yeah, maybe it's your preconceived notions about them, Graham. About F class. Yeah. Maybe you're scopist. I I could very well could be. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but when we talk about lenses. Um, uh, one, I remember one wet competition. I actually had a roll of, uh, well, I usually do it, a roll of toilet paper in case I needed to um, do some business while I'm out in the field. And um, I was sort of clumping up bits of toilet paper to dry the lenses through the day. Um, and I ended up with a giant pocket full of soggy toilet paper. But um, one thing I find now is just a, a Ziploc bag with some clean, dry cloths in it um, for cleaning your um, uh, your optic lenses right yeah um be range finder scope whatever find those um now try you know use microfiber use use um ones designed for cleaning lenses but keep them dry have several because they are going to get damp and then and then on the topic of cloths um it can also pay to have the ziploc bag with some just dry rags in it not necessarily oily rags um but same thing uh you do get quite a wet chamber, you know, you might be able to just poke it in and dry it a bit or dry your ammo um, between uh, heavy showers or, or, or something. Um, so just have a few little remedies to, to dry things out and, and make sure your ammo is also stored in your pack dry um, while I'm talking about drying ammo, um, you know, away from the elements as best you can. Yeah. Just to, just to prevent that pressure. But yeah, that, that, that's sort of um, my main tips in the field well not tips but ideas and um things i do or should do um when it comes to shooting in, in the rain um any more thoughts on that mark no i mean <clears throat> on a competition shoot your gun sits around for a long time so it's just placement on the ground half the time just to keep it you know out of the prevailing direction of the rain or whatever if you haven't got covers or you got them off just to keep it <clears throat> so that and don't have it standing up so the scope's getting full of water or what you know type of stuff so often most of the times as long as you if you when you put it down between stages make sure you just got it in a place that's going to give it the best chance of avoiding the weather so you know yeah um yeah. and when you're even wandering around you know just make sure you've got your a cover or something to chuck over the scope at least no that's about it yeah, but it's, I think it's it, like it's an odd topic, maybe, but it's it's something that, um, especially for guys who haven't shot um, many of these events or they've never shot one in the winter, because generally they haven't been in the winter until now. Um, yeah, just something to think about. I but yeah. I, I I would generally care less if the gun was wet or not, or the ammo didn't really bother me. So yeah, um, but it's yeah, it's just. It can, that, that, and, that's but also, also but now, now yeah, I know, yeah, I know, I know. But this can be this can be the, the difference between having a, a, an enjoyable day, yeah, and a shit house day where you come away from it just wanting, you know, end of the day you're like, oh, thank fuck, I can go home now, um, and all you want to do is get home and get dry. But or come, yeah, it's raining, but you, it's still field shooting, you know, so it's, you're having fun, you, you're talking shit, you, you have a good shoot, and and hey, if you're the one who's prepared for these conditions. Uh, you're going to do better than everyone else who isn't prepared for the wet conditions, you know. Um, and it's just a sort of a... You learn a bit more, so... Yeah. But, and and we are going to get wet this, with all the events this winter, so it's something for us to... No. It's good that we're talking about it. Forecast looking all right. Yeah, farmersweather.com. <laughs> I can look forward to two months. <clears throat> yeah. Um, It'll be so fine, one other thing... Worry. Uh, circling out of, out of the, the the rainy stuff, just to the cold, um, you've been doing a bit of bit of playing around on the internet and reading and learning, haven't you, Matt? With, with yeah, shooting yeah. in the cold, mucking with my ballistic stuff. So just and looking at the temperature variation. So I just ran a quick example on my say a two D three 
and I just went out long, you know, a thousand meters, whatever, 75 grand ammo. <clears throat> the difference between 25 degrees temperature and 2 degrees, so, you know, pretty cold to a reasonably warm Taranaki day, um, was the drop difference was 55 inches between the two, mm -hmm. so 2 degrees, you had increased drop from 660 inches to 716 inches. So what's that, 5, just over 5 MOA? Yeah. So that's a miss. Yeah, exactly. It's massive. Yeah. Um, and then if I chuck the same stuff at the 338 data, um, you're talking a 1,000 metre target. The difference between 2 degrees and 20-something degrees was uh, 11 inches. So an impact. So another miss, basically. So, yeah. <clears throat> and it's something I knew there was a factor, but didn't probably think how much. And then if so you... Uh, if eleven inch, sorry, eleven inches with the three hundred eight, uh, the three three eight. Yep, at a thousand meters. So because it's not dropping as quickly as the two to three, it's going to be less affected. Correct. Eleven inches on a twenty four inch target. If you're lucky, if you had a good, if your original data was good, yeah, you, you just might clip the bottom or you're underneath. Yeah. yeah. But then you add yeah. all the other factors in, and you're pretty good percentage change of chance of hitting. So. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And just as a hypothetical, if you've got a wind chill and everything in the middle of somewhere with a bit of snow, if it's minus 10, you know, that same shot's 18 inches different from a 20-degree day sort of thing. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. <clears throat> so it did raise a few questions in my mind. Thinking about, so, okay, so most rifles, say if I zeroed my rifle in cold temperature, I'd say at 100 metres, it'd be negligible, wouldn't it? The difference, you wouldn't be able to tell between, say, if I did it at 20 degrees or two degrees it should be negligible at 100 yeah my own crap shooting would make that very negligible yes so i wouldn't be able to tell so it's more in my mind is making sure that you put the right information in the app ballistically so yes and, and keep keep it uh, a, think of it as a living thing oh, it's a funny word but like it needs to be updated um, Correct. Yeah. So I think people, you know, you, you come inside a gun in at home, and I give them a um, a dope chart, right? It was done on the day in the summer and whatever. So, and then they going hunting in the winter, somewhere, whatever. <coughs> that data will need to be updated, basically. So. Yes. Yes. But uh, again, this is relative to distance. Competition. So. Yeah. No. 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 I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Um, we were shooting. You and I were shooting my three hundred eight at. 1450 meters last winter uh, I think it was last winter um, and the sun was going it was cold day clear day and the sun was going behind the hill so we were like dropping incredibly fast um, the temperature to the point where my shots were just trending low and I'd check the uh, the phone oh yeah nuts no, the temperature's dropped and then i'd check it again and i was constantly just losing like a minute of angle every minute because the sun was going down that quickly it was gone essentially we just had the last few rays of <coughs> excuse me rays of light um but that, that's on the extreme end of it too because we're shooting at 1450 meters with a 308 of all things and we're shooting right at the end of the day now i'm just bringing up my app real quick so 500 meters for the 308 um, yeah, I just, did one, I just did one for the 338, and at 500 metres, the drop change between cold and hot, you know, is only about an inch difference at 500 metres. So it, yeah, so negligible. Yeah. Not 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 something to be concerned about. So 308, 2.9 at 20 degrees, mil, and then at, let's call it 5 degrees, which it would have been about. But obviously that gets amplified at three. distance, doesn't it? So yeah, so I was on point one difference at five hundred with the three oh eight from, from like six degrees to twenty degrees. Right. Um, but point one at five hundred meters is fifty millimeters. Yeah. Right? So it's the same thing, two inches. So it's still uh, be it a hunting shot, it's still a kill, be it a shot in a competition, it's still a hit. So yeah, if but, you're shooting at like, medium I'll, distances. Yeah, yeah. So I was taking ranges from 800 to 1400 so that's why i was doing all those calculations to see the difference and it it's it's significant out there but not yeah not in an in to three or four hundred it's not not much but if you're shoot, yeah. shooting at a a what a four inch target 100 mil target 
then it does make some difference if it's a wee way out. So. Oh yeah, so at at, at five hundred with a three hundred eight, if it was a um, if a hundred mil target, I would be underneath it with that temperature change. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not really it's not something I get too concerned about for medium range shooting for long range and um, extended long range shooting and definitely extreme long range shooting um, environmentals are incredibly important so um, yeah just just keep an eye on it again in the middle of the day you're generally not going to have temperature shifts that are that drastic that quick um, but certainly in the morning and the more so the afternoon I find you can potentially have it but for competitions um, yeah but if you don't have a close look at this and check your data you're going from conditions where you've shot all the time like here to going central north island a lot more high altitude all that sort of thing whatever colder if you didn't take any of that into account you would have a shit day so just you know. oh yeah and, and if you're going central as well you, your elevation is going to be what, what are we at your place how many meters three 250 250 you go central you're like 800 i think was that yeah. place where we had that but it'll be higher where we're going so yeah and so you add you know you're adding all that on so the air is going to be thinner already and ready ready right so um pay attention and now you don't even necessarily need a kestrel um, weather meter for this if, if if you've got reception on your phone you can just um use there'll be like a metro option which runs off the internet and it will roughly calculate where you are your it's elevation pretty rough. it's pretty rough but so for medium distances and a little bit longer it's okay but but um i i prefer a a, a more sensitive weather yeah um, yeah reader <laughs> on, yeah, on um, the spot yeah yeah exactly on the spot rather than think and then that can be paired in with reading winds and stuff too um which is a nice um and an advantage rather than just guessing it um but having a guess is better than not doing nothing same with wind isn't it so um <clears throat> Oh yeah, and, and, and I mean, there's such thing as a semi-educated guess too. And when I say <laughs> when I say semi-educated, maybe just okay, experience. Yeah, you know, right. That counts. You, for no, that. You, <laughs> <clears throat> so if you're out practicing in windy, rainy conditions, you're going to have a better idea of what to do than if you only go shooting on perfect, you know, perfect, windless, sunny days. Um, yeah. So I guess it's a partially a training thing as well. You know, maybe if you get you get all this we talked about wet weather gear and the, the rifle covers and keeping your chamber dry um if you get if you've got somewhere you can practice maybe practice on a rainy day yeah and uh, and see how you can run that system and if there's any improvements you can make rather than turning up spend all the money driving all the way to rtd paying an entry fee buying a few hundred bucks of ammo righty rah and then you think oh actually shit i've, I've got all this flash harry kuyu gear but i haven't not sure how to use it or um how to keep my rifle dry so a bit of practice never goes amiss like i actually do practice who sells that stuff kuyu does someone bring it in yeah you order it direct from the website but they're that keen on selling it to new zealanders now they they sort out the um import um uh, taxes whatever it's called gst you know you pay the government when they cut and yeah they even it's even in the nzd off on the uh, website huh. it's pretty flash gear and it instantly makes you a better instagram influencer <laughs> if you wear <laughs> i hope you're listening Stuart. who he loves it um if, anyway. you, if you're looking <laughs> if you look like a tree standing out there yeah <laughs> um no it's cool gear it's just um it's it's it, but it is high end gear but um yeah uh, don't get too panicked on it but um but yeah try your gear out see how you get on no my, my real world lesson than that was when i i think we tested shooting a mile in may so probably 12 degree temperatures and then i had all that ballistic information and then when i started again well you know seriously looking at it in say january or february i was like oh it's not even working anymore because the temperatures you know it's double the temperature so at a mile yeah. so I had to redo it all again. And now you have to redo it all again for Correct. End of the month. Yeah. 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 That that was actually that that session you're talking about was my birthday last year. Was it? You keep mentioning yeah. that. Happy birthday, yeah. Graham. Oh thanks. I just need the I just need the um because well, you're thirty rise. now. 
I am. I'm 30 years old. As I said in your I, comment, I, <clears throat> they go, who's the match director? I said, that old guy with the beard over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now your opinions are going to get real like, oh, I don't know if that's ever going to work. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll stick with my uh, 22250, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, fuck the Valkyrie. 3570 all the way. <laughs> Actually, there's a, there, there is a legitimate concern. Why don't you have a 4570? Yeah. That I keep looking at it. I saw an article of something on YouTube the other day and I was drawn to it like a moth to the flame. And I was thinking, yeah. why the hell don't I have one? Yeah, they're pretty cool. I've got a 450 Bushmaster, I suppose. That would answer that. That's not at all the same. What? No, that's not at all the same. What are you trying... For... For... <laughs> What's I, different about I, it? A lot. One goes really fast. Um, Which one? 4570 is way longer. And you're saying it's and way faster. What's just better? Heavier bullets going better. Oh, God, you bloody... What's the bullet here. weight in your, in your, uh, your 450? Bushmaster. 250. Yeah, we well do. Well, people do like three nineties and stuff with them. <laughs> I I was I'm shooting out of mine three ninety. I was running out of my forty five seventy. I had a sharps, which is like an old fashioned sort of. I was running five hundred grainers. Okay. Yeah, pretty. Slow. I was running them at like twelve hundred feet per second. Eleven. <laughs> there you go. You yeah, could run. Pa- was... You could run past them and have a look. <laughs> They're the size of a bloody bus. Um, no, forty five seventy is cool. There is a cartridge, uh, I used to have one, it's called a 450 Marlin. So in the early 2000s, oh, they decided... To defeat that, it. Yeah, they go, no, these got, we'll remake the 4570. It was like a, it's a belted, they used like, I'm not, I'm not sure what they use. They use a belted cartridge, chop the end of it off. and um, So it was sort of hotted up 4570. 45, 45, um, and they said, here you go, here's your new uh, old-fashioned, you know, straight wall cartridge. And everyone pretty much told them to... To fuck off, and that they were going to keep their forty-five seventies. Um, so I got a Marlin something in it. I wish a guy I know, Whitefish, still owns it. Um, I've, I think I've got dies and brass for it still, actually. Um, yeah, sort of like hotted up forty-five seventy, but it didn't have the nostalgia, so it never never really took off um, <laughs> compared to the forty-five seventy. No, it's on life you, support. I think you're googling it right now, aren't you? No. Just listening to what you're saying, Graham. <laughs> um, a cool cartridge, though. I shot a couple of goats with it, and that was it. That's all I really wanted to do with it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, although you've you've got the the three seven five Ruger. Yeah. True. The so you probably don't don't need. A no, I probably do need a sweet spot between the four fifty and the three seven five. Actually, the forty five semi would fill that gap just right. And you can get them in lever action too. Yeah, well, that, that's mainly liberation, isn't it? Yeah, or single shots, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, that'd be cool. You could. Pro- can you get one of those Marlin Darks in it? No. Oh, oh yes, you can. No, so, yes, you can. Yes, yep, 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 yep. Although Marlin's been sold to Ruger, and they're not really manufacturing yet, so... They'd be silly not to make those, though, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think they are going to. So right. I've actually just bought it up. they sold quite a few. Anyway, so how four, we got 450, on the <laughs> 450 Bushmaster, 250 grain Hornady FTX, 2,200 feet per second, yeah. 4570, 250 grain Monoflex, 2,025 feet per second. Energy, oh. 450 Bushmaster, 2,600, 4570, 2,300. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. I was wrong. No, no, you were mis- misunderstood. Yeah. No, 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 you got me. I'm obviously just a, uh, a fud and wouldn't accept that. The, uh, <laughs> I told you, you're over 30. You just... <laughs> Although, once you get to um, the heavier bullets, it matches up. Yeah. 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 Anyway. I tell you what, these darks look pretty cool. Yeah, I know. Anyway, anyway, this is uh, probably slightly off topic on our podcast. No, no. Although, if you got one, we'll shoot it a long way. So. Yeah. If um, anyone's got a 4570, just send it to me. <laughs> Um, I'm sure you don't need it anymore. Ammo will be available. It would be, and it's easy. You can reload any. They take any bullets as well. People run lightweight right up to real heavy. So it's ah, that was my side topic, Graham. What's that? D 
dealing with the ammo shortage. Oh yes, that's a hell of a topic. Slash component <clears throat> shortage. Yep. Um, Let's have a brief, some... a brief foray into that. How do I deal with it? Well, I'm just saying, what, what's 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 um, getting Rira's rocking horse shit out there? Uh, as everyone knows... 6.5? Uh, no, not 6.5. everyone. 6.5. Projectiles? Uh, yeah. So there's still like Burgers and yeah. um, some Sierras around, um, but the Hornaday stuff's just been hard to get for a long time. There is a shipment coming in. And people are just waiting for containers to arrive? And yeah, I think there's one coming this month. Right. Um, and I hope it is because I've got a back order of a bunch of 6mm projectiles. But pretty much everything's running out. Uh, it's just... Yeah. It doesn't help that like the events have become so popular there's more events and they suck you know if you have a, an event we have say no but it's um, also like COVID toilet paper yeah well that's the other issue because right? people so, are coming in and going oh man everyone's running out of ammo I better buy more 7 mil weight for my hunting gun so they buy 5 yeah. packets instead of 1 yeah which is fine I mean, but the trouble is it's just the whole thing then goes and there's none left yeah, yeah. and to be honest I'm guilty of the same thing <laughs> that's right everyone um, else should not do it except me except me uh, excuse me, Mr. More American Gunner than anyone in the world. True. Um, <laughs> um, so I was talking to my uh, my local gun shop the other day, and he said there's still people coming in, and there'll be um, primers on the shelf, and they'll go, oh, yeah, I'll grab some in a couple of weeks, and he's going, no, no, get them now. No, 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 they'll still be there. And then he said, so the next guy will turn up and buy all, all 3,000 of the fucking things. And and so then they, t- they turn up a couple of weeks later and to buy some primers, and there's none. So... Um, maybe don't hoard maybe don't buy everything but if you need it and it's there buy it um, yeah I know a friend like, of mine said I went to Farmlands <laughs> to buy some American Gunner and they said no some guy just bought all of our <laughs> 750 rounds of it last week I was like who could have that been <laughs> I wonder <laughs> god we could track him down he might sell you some no don't sell it we need it um and what, yeah, el- what else is short so powder is the, I mean obviously the other one but powder and now well, primer the primers are starting to bite now is it more powders that people like or really really want and they can't be bothered mucking around trying to get another powder to work or are we yes to a certain extent they don't want to um, they got a formula they love yeah so that's the big holiday issue there's been a lot of other projectiles around coming and going but guys don't want to develop a new new load no um, and same with powders um, so like your 2209 that's uh, very hard to get um, to a lesser extent 2208 and, so that's ADI uh, stuff yep Australian Defence um, Industries whatever. Yep. 5 yeah which is real popular in the Magnums that's it's possible to get Reloader 26 17 hard to near impossible to get you know um, and there's there's other powders about but again they're, they're selling out quickly now but what I'm trying to do is have multiple um, loads available so if I can get some projectiles come in and as long as I can buy more than 100 of them if I can buy at least 300 then I go right there'll be 100 for load development yeah. ideally only about 30 or 40 and then the rest the rest <laughs> is match ammo disappointed or... if it took you 100 rounds to get <coughs> oh, you, some, some things don't work you know <coughs> um, but, but then I've got a couple hundred rounds for a match or for practice or um, something but if I can only get a box of 100 yeah so you've got enough to, to last the cycle I suppose you know to get Get, a, yeah. get it going and see how it goes and then a couple of competitions yep. yeah exactly and if it's kind of only just okay then it will just be practice ammo or something um, but unfortunately you can't always be really picky at the moment um, you've kind of just got to go with what you can get to a certain extent um, I, I've got a little bit of stuff left over but it's definitely some stuff's running out um, I'm looking forward to the next Hornaday shipment because I really need some 6mm projectiles that's for sure um, yeah, but yeah. Other than that, it's it's just <clears throat> you know share with your friends. Of a bunch of us, we share powder around and um, uh, primers and and stuff like that. You know, I had a bit of triple two five. Uh, friend was desperate, so he got that, and I didn't need it. Um, he gave me some two two six eight. Did you say it. how desperate are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. It's, it's, but it's just it's just what you got to do. Um, I'm going to come and raid whatever powder you've got. Oh, yeah, I've um, got to go and look at that, don't I? Yes, because you don't bloody need it. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, um, even dyes are hard to get at the moment. I, I 
<clears throat> you've got a 6.5 PRC, I do not. But I was in a shop and they had some dies, so I bought them without even talking to you because mm. I knew mm. um, you'd want the fucking things. You know, it wasn't um, wasn't worth leaving them there because I knew they were needed. So, um, and you wonder why again, there's a shortage. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, this is easy to say though, as long as you've got a little bit of spare money to, to buy these things too. Don't don't not feed your kids, um, just so you can get some one forty LDMs. And for heaven's sake, you if can you've adopt got them some, out. <laughs> put them in a foster got, care. That's true. Yeah. Um, if you've got some stuff you want to sell, don't be a dick and price gouge. God, it does my head in. Like, fair enough. Unless I'm have, selling it, then I'm happy. <laughs> so if you've got well, if you've got a box of 140s and you chuck them off on Trami for $100, that's fine. If the bidding goes north, that's fine. It's the, the bidder's choice, right? Yeah. If you're one of these dickheads, absolute dickheads, who's going, I'm putting it up for $250 starting bid or $200 starting bid, you're a dick and you're just ripping off your fellow shooter. You're going to get the money anyway, but it's just the... Don't be a cock. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, it sound, um, <coughs> like it sounds like you've lost a few trade me auctions there, no 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 i haven't i haven't or coincidentally send me a message and i'll buy them off you for a hundred dollars no no um it's uh yeah don't be a dick but anyway i think that about covers most of our major topics for the night Marky Mark. yeah it does um so we've got a little bit of stuff coming up oh our our next competition is First weekend of July, that sold out in the most record time ever. Yeah, so we've um, expanded the squad slightly to accommodate more yep. people. Yep. So we're trying a slightly uh, different squad design uh, and with a few different things to try and make it move quick. So just be prepared. To hurry <clears> up. If you, if you have a spot at this event, you are moving. Um, and you will, to the point where I'm going to have ROs start your time if, you, if you're fluffing around. Um, but that's cool, so that sold out. Um, yeah, literally... We opened it at seven and the messages were full um, instantly. So people who got in at two minutes past were still missing out, unfortunately. Um, but that's it's just the way it is. And not a lot we can do about that. Some people are going to miss out. Also, a bunch of new shooters got spots, which is cool. <coughs> and um, we have a big waiting list too. What is happening in your house, Mark? Yeah, you can you just there? hold there a second? Hold it there. Sorry, back. Back? Was that your air conditioning? <laughs> no, it was the jug. Oh, the jug. Oh, oh. Okay, anyway, um, I don't remember where I was going, but yeah, um, our comp sold out in record time, which is cool. Yeah, you've saves repeated a lot that. About, yeah, we'll see that. Uh, saves a lot about uh, people like the shoots. Uh, we've got a match at the end of May we'll be heading to. Oh, we've also got a match in a week that we'll be heading, week and a half yep. in the South Island. Yes. Um, mine and Mark's first uh, shoot in the South Island. I know. So we'll I've got to use this. The target's being in chains, you know, that target's five chain away. That is true, yeah. And yeah. hogsheads to the something, I don't know. Everything's upside down down there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, strange. Um, so, it'll be, yeah, experience. I've never flown with my... Uh, You're staying at Gloria Vale, Graham. That's good of you. Well, I'm from Gloria Vale. I did wonder <coughs> that. <coughs> yeah, that explains the beard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just had to lay low with all the stuff that's going down there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in a police what when were you in a police station last time? <coughs> and uh getting, and getting got, interviewed um, by the constables <laughs> um, and then we've got a so we've got the match after South Island and then we've got a um 22 shoot 22 shoot in Takara Takara 5th of June or something 7th of June no second week in June 12th 12th so it's two weeks after the um the other match we'll be doing at the end of May. There's um the one on the fifth of June is something something PRS. Well, that's right. Yep. I don't think I'll make it to that one. Um, whether I got enough. Twelfth, twelfth, Saturday the twelfth is Takara's GPRE event, <clears throat> and the fifth of June is the one in the vicinity of Bulls for North Island PRS. Oh, right, sweet. 
which formerly was Lower North Island on long range shooting. Mm. Yeah, it looks like they have, I just checked, sold out their match too, which is good. Oh, have they? <clears throat> yeah. Well, I missed out then. We missed out. Oh, well, that's life. Um, I'm sure they would have reserved us a spot. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so there's, there's a bit works, coming. Or does it? No, no. Well, I don't reserve people's spots. Don't so. you? No, no. Um, anyway, um, I think that about wraps up. We've rambled on enough. Yeah, yeah. Some of it good, some of it bad. Um, any closing thoughts from you, Mark? No, no. Just um, it's interesting to do a bit of research on temperature differences and that sort of thing. And even rainfall, which everyone seems to come to the conclusion it doesn't make a difference. So. Mm, yeah, well, it's very hard for a bullet. On ballistics. Rain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, cool. sweet. That's it. All right. Well, thank you if you tuned in to episode fourteen of the Precision Unloaded podcast, and we will. You'll hear from us again soon. Yeah, probably the week after. Mm, yes. The shoot will tell you how the South Island was. <laughs> Hopefully, we don't have a repeat of Wairu with the accommodation. <laughs> <laughs> well, how can I fail twice? I know. I know. Anyway, all right. See you later, everyone. All right. Bye.